You're listening to Live 360 with Tony Sutherland, and this is episode 35. All right, everybody, welcome to the last episode of season one, episode 35. And we are coming to the end of the year. Hope you had a great Thanksgiving. And I really believe that today's episode is going to encourage you for the weeks ahead. You know, I heard someone say the other day that they thought it might be a dark winter for us here. I don't know what's coming, guys. We talked about uncertainty last week, but today. I want to talk to you about how to prepare for the future. We're going to talk about weathering the storms today, weathering the storms, and particularly weathering the storm that may be ahead of you. Maybe you guys are already entering into a storm. You know, there's one of three things that it's happening to you in life at all times. Either you're you're uh, in the middle of a storm, maybe you're going through a storm, Or maybe you're coming out of a storm, getting ready to go into another storm. One of three things. Um, And I want to encourage you today. There's some things that you can do to prepare your heart and prepare your life without fear, having a great expectation of what's ahead. So let's talk about weathering the storms today. I want to remind you that, that Jesus is cleaving to you. He's holding on to you. And even if you felt weak, or you felt like you had no more resistance and you had no more strength to hold, he's holding on to you. It's pervasive and it's relentless. He's literally molded into you. Um, we are inseparably and eternally bonded to Jesus Christ. So when the storms come, remember, he's got a death grip on you. And I want you to be advised the storms are coming. They are. You may have some sunny days right now. But sometimes clouds are forming in the distance that you don't see, but you don't have to fear. Psalms 27 and 1 says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. And whom shall I fear and whom shall I be afraid? Jesus is your gravity, guys. And, you know, sometimes the storms even come suddenly. You don't even have time to plan. Um, you know, storms are... There's, there's three qualities of storms. They're unpredictable, they're uncontrollable, and they're undeniable. And sometimes there is no method to the madness. You just have to wait it out. Um, you can't control the storm, but you don't have to let the storm control you. All eyes on Jesus, guys. Second Chronicles 20 and 12 says, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. And I want you to remember that scripture as you go into the month of December and January. I don't know what's coming. There's a little bit of trembling going on in our nation right now, but I'm here to encourage you all eyes on Jesus. You know, it's interesting that when you try to balance something on the end of your finger, you can't look at the thing you're balancing. You can't look at your feet and you can't look around. You got to keep your eyes on the center point of reference at the top of that pole so you can walk, so you can keep balance. Um, And I want to encourage you that Jesus is our true true north. You got to keep your eyes on him. The scriptures tell us in Isaiah 59 and 19, when you walk through deep waters and the enemy crashes down like a tidal wave against you, the Lord himself will be like an embankment around you, keeping the floods at bay. And I want to tell you that Jesus stands between you and the storm. 
He is, he's the middle. He is the wheel in the middle of the wheel, like Ezekiel saw. And he is saying, peace be still. That comes out of his mouth in the middle of your storm. So let's lean in today. We're going to talk about nine or 10 different ways that we can weather the storms that are coming, or maybe you're in the middle of it, or maybe you've been assigned by God to encourage someone else about the storms and how to weather them and how to prepare. And so let's dive into that today, guys. I know it's going to encourage you and I'm taking this serious today. We're not really, you know, you know, I don't want to want to feel like a downer, but I really want to just seriously help you get a hold of some things that I, I believe will truly help you weather the storms that are ahead. All right. So the first thing we want to do when we're weathering the storms And I'm going to use some practical things and tie it into spiritual truth. Number one is to close the door. What do you do when there's bad weather outside? You close the front door so that the wind and the rain and the debris and whatever is going on outside doesn't come inside. Second Corinthians four, eight through nine says we are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed. We are perplexed, but not driven to despair. In other words, we're pressed on the outside, but we don't have to let it come up in the inside. So when the weather is bad outside, don't leave the door open. And when I think of closing the door, I think about closing the door to the past. Because a lot of times we carry storms from our past into our present. The storms that God has already put under the blood, people you've forgiven and you've released and you've pardoned by grace, don't bring it back up. I remember one time when my, when my grandpa was struggling with Alzheimer's disease and, you know, if it wasn't for the funny things he said, it would have been a living nightmare or a living funeral every day. But he did some funny things when he was struggling in the last few years of his life with dementia and Alzheimer's and, and my grandma would come to see him in the Alzheimer's ward and she would walk in and, and and as she was walking down the hallway, the nurses would say, hey, Dutch, my grandpa's nickname was Dutch. Hey, Dutch, Ormy's here to see you. And he goes, oh, she's dead. Don't bring her up. <laughs> and that's kind of like what it is for us when God puts something under the blood or it's buried or it's gone or it's in the past, close the door to it. Forgive everyone. You can live a bitterless life in the season ahead. You know, a lot of times storms are, are, are just a, a backlash of our own bitterness and anger against others. But you got to close the door because if you're letting the winds of unforgiveness and bitterness and strife and envy and envying and jealousy and whatever it is, got to close the door on that. Close the door to the past. Close the door after you've forgiven. Leave it forgiven. Your best days are ahead. Quit going backwards. Don't let the past painful things in your life back in. Um. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. You got to close that door. Don't let stress and anger and anxiety and unforgiveness and bitterness into the protective circle that God has put around you. You can have problems, but you don't have to let the problems have you. So close the door to the past, to anger, to bitterness, to wrath, Put it to cease, put it to, put it to rest, put it to death once and for all and close the door. That's the first thing you do when you're weathering the storms, close the door. Number two, another thing you do when you weather the storms is you adjust your thermostat. You know, when it's winter storm, you turn your thermostat up. When it's hot outside and there's a heat wave, you turn the thermostat down. 
And when it's cold outside, what do you do? You turn your heat up, right? And heat in your life is worship. It's engaging God in prayer and worship. It doesn't make you more saved and doesn't make you get to heaven any faster, but it brings heaven into your life. Passion and worship is the heat in your relationship with God. And when your passion is down and it's cold outside and you can feel the storm, you know, you haven't, you haven't brought the heat up. You haven't brought the degrees of heat up in your life. When was the last time you had a fulfilling connection with God in private prayer and Bible reading? Man, guys, this is so important. I love the Word of God, and I love to spend time with God. And sometimes I don't get you know all this heavy revelation, but it's just those moments that I know that I'm taking time to still my heart. Psalms 96 and 10, be still and know that I'm God. Sometimes just take a walk with God. Sometimes maybe you can go out to a, you know, just walk down your street and have a prayer walk or change it up a little bit, but sit down, walk with God, talk with God, sit down with God and spend time with him and worship, sing songs of adoration and thanksgiving to God because it reminds you of his goodness. Worship is simply a reminder that God will never let you down. And I want to encourage you in times of storm, you know, don't measure yourself by your climate. Like, well, I'm just, I'm just a bad Christian and I'm just a, you know, I'm dead. No, no, you're not. You just need to tap into some life and you need to be reminded that God is with you, you know? So you have to turn up the heat in your personal life. Find some scriptures that are important to you. Get on a daily Bible reading plan. I have a great friend out there who has a powerful Bible reading plan. His name is Jason Mayfield, and you can get one of the best Bible reading plans I've seen out there. It's called tearupyourbible.com. Go there today and download that Bible plan and get on a plan. Get some word into your life. You're feeling alone. You're feeling discouraged. You're feeling abandoned, but you're not abandoned. You just forgot that he's with you. You need some word in your life. You need some worship in your life. Turn on a worship CD and turn up the heat in your life. When the storms are blowing outside, you need to change the atmosphere on the inside. So spend some personal time, man, go to church. And instead of sitting there and watching the worship team, lift your hands and sing with them. We had one of the most powerful worship services in our church today. And I just looked around and I saw people you could tell, I need this today. I need to be reminded that God is on my side. You know, we don't have we don't have a sin problem. We don't have financial problems. We don't have marriage problems. We don't have, uh, you know, money problems. We, we have memory problems. We forgot that God is for us. And if God is for us, who can be against us? So turn up some worship in your life. Sing unto the Lord and remind yourself that he's on your side and that he loves you and his, he's covering you every step of the way. So number two, one way to weather the storms is to adjust the thermostat. Number three, another way we weather the storms is we seal the windows. You know, uh, one way that you can winterize your house is you can put cellophane around the inside of your door frames and then take a hairdryer and just draw, uh, you know, seal the windows from getting extra cold draft through those windows. And if you have really good, you know, storm windows, expensive storm windows, it keeps the air from seeping through. So you have to seal the windows. And, you know, the Bible tells us that the eye is the lamp of the body. Whatever you let in your eyes, it, 
you know, Matthew 6, 22 and 23 says, if your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So, you know, you, I, you, I know you've heard it said the eyes are the window the, to the soul. So, and this is true. So you need to put a guard over your eyes. You need to keep your eyes from looking at things and seeing things and peering out into the darkness, you know, you know, the computer screen can be a window to the darkest places in the world. Be careful what you're looking at. Be careful what you're reading. Be careful what you're watching. I'm not asking you to be paranoid and I'm not asking you to go live in a monastery somewhere, but you should, you don't need to entertain sexually suggestive material in your mailbox or in your computer screen. You don't need to be watching things that take you down the wrong road. Seal those eyes. Keep those eyes pure from darkness. Well, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Seal the windows so that you don't let the bitter cold and the winds and the storm inside of your life. Number four, another way we weather the storms is we keep the pantry full. You know, when storms come and they come suddenly most of the time, it's too late to run to the grocery store. And these days you go to the grocery store and everything's gone. Toilet paper, bread, all the essentials, you know, uh, Lysol disinfectant spray. It took us five months to get a couple of those cans during this pandemic that we've been going through, you know, and you're going to go through some harsh winter seasons and some storms. So you've got to fill the pantry of your life before those times come. And that means filling it with good relationships and maybe having a steady diet of good, wholesome Christian reading in your life. Um, you know, cause when the hard times hit, you're going to want to stop, you know, don't wait until the hard times to fill your life with God's word. Don't wait for the hard times to spend time in his presence. Don't wait for the hard times. And yes, it's okay when you fall on your face and you fall on the mercy of God during those times. But if you've been stalking your spiritual pantry, so to speak, all year long, all, all week long, all month long, all year long, when the hard times hit, you're going to have stuff in your pantry and you're going to find yourself running around less panicked, less frantic, less freaking out because hard times are going to hit. And when they hit, you got to have the pantry full, you know, you know, you just don't wait till the last minute. I've seen so many people do that and they can't get grounded and they can't get centered. And then they're running to find all of the help they can get through therapy and pastoral counseling. And, and they're just a basket case. You know how you keep yourself from being a basket case? Fill your basket. Because most people that are basket cases are just empty baskets. But when your basket is full, you won't be a basket case because your basket is full. So keep the pantry full in your life. Number five, another way that we weather the storms is we take shelter quickly. You know, in storm time, disaster preparedness is key to surviving catastrophes. And I'm just telling you, there's no guarantee that disastrous storms won't hit you. You know, family death, sudden loss of a job, a teenage pregnancy for parents, home disasters where your home 
is hit or, you know, go through storms and tornadoes and floods or even a ministry transition or divorce or major car accident. The list goes on. And that can threaten the stability of your peace by huge measures. I've witnessed firsthand when marriages went through a time when their child died, they divorced, they couldn't, they couldn't bounce back or, you know, um, a death in the family just discouraged people so much, or even political elections have just derailed people's faith. And I'm going to tell you when you take shelter, you got to take shelter with God first. They that dwell in the secret place of the most high shall abide under the shadow of the old, the almighty. Jesus is a present help in the time of trouble. And I think many dilemmas can be diverted by just running quickly to God. And I think some, some need to stop blaming the church for not reaching out to them because the church doesn't always do the greatest job of reaching out to people. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. And I've been on both sides of that. I've been, I've been in leadership in church. I am in leadership in church and I've been on the other side of it. And I've not always done the best job in reaching my people. I don't always do the best job. I do the very, very best I can, and I stay connected to them as much as I can. But some people get overlooked. It's just the nature, especially if your church is large. But you know, when when a storm hits, is the is the storm shelter going to come find you? No, it is not. You've got to go find the storm shelter. You got to take personal responsibility and in getting involved in your church, getting connected in relationships and small groups and events and services. The basics. Because when you, when you spend time in the storm shelter, you're going to stay free from the effects of the storm. And I've seen couples who divorced and then they turn to the church and then they get mad at the church that the church didn't reach out to them. We can't do that for everybody. I'm not making excuses, but the church isn't always going to come find you because in a storm, the shelter doesn't run to you. You got to run to it. Running away from the shelter is not wise. When a tornado's coming, you don't run away from the shelter. You run in. Um, and I'm just telling you, you can't survive your storms alone. You got to find a community of faith. Jesus is a refuge in the time of the storm and his people can be a refuge in the time of the storm. Proverbs 18 and 10 says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous man runs into it and is safe. Quit avoiding community. Quit avoiding church because when the storm comes, you're going to know a little bit about your shelter and you're going to know how to get there and access it and, and get resources and get connected. And more than that, when you're not there and you're struggling and you've made community a priority, they're going to reach out to you, but you've got to do your part because the Bible says in Proverbs 11 and 14, in a multitude of counselors, there is safety. So what do we do when we weather a storm? One of the ways we take shelter quickly. Hey guys, I just wanted to jump in on a good halfway point to thank you once again for joining me on this journey of living the 360 life. And uh, this is our last episode of season one. So thankful for the past nine plus months that I've been able to bring this content to you. And uh, if you haven't done it already, or if this is your first time, you just decided to listen to the last episode of season one. I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a generous review and share it with one or two other people in your circle of friendships that need to hear what you're hearing today. And uh, I couldn't be more 
uh, thankful to the Lord that I've been able to uh, just pour out into you guys. And uh, I hope that you've enjoyed it. I hope you've learned some things and been able to apply it to your life. And so now let's jump back into our last episode, the second half of this last episode. And uh, after uh, we come to a close, I'll bring some comments and uh, we'll go out of season one with a bang. Number six, a great way to weather the storm is to build a fire in the fireplace. And I'm just going to make it real simple. Fire is prayer. When it's cold, stoke the fire of prayer. Um, There have been times, even when I've just said a simple prayer to the Lord in the middle of a circumstance, Lord, I, I don't know what to do here, but I just need your help. Simple. And immediately the peace of God overwhelms me. Just letting in that little bit of, you know, outside source help. Because so many times we're trying to find the answers within us and around us rather than above us. And more importantly, deep in our spirit. Prayer invites God's grace to do only what he can do. Just don't avoid praying. If you're going through a problem, stop and just pray. Don't try to call everybody you know. And don't try to get instant help through Google. Man, tug on the hem of Jesus' garment. It's It's not even the power of your prayer. It's the power of God. Just lean on the Lord. You know, the only prayer God won't answer is the one you don't pray. So pray it. Ask God to help you. Um, and I believe the moment you pray is the moment God gets to go to work on your behalf. And there's going to be times that you don't know what to pray. That's okay, because the Bible tells us in Romans 8 and 26, we don't know what to pray, but the Holy Spirit prays for us. So sometimes just saying, Lord, help. Help is one of the best prayers you can pray. And if you've got worries and fears, people say, I don't have a prayer life, Tony. I I don't know how to pray. Hey, just take your fears and worries and turn them into prayers. Whatever you're worried about, whatever you're afraid of, ask God to help you with it. Lord, I'm afraid of this. God, I don't know what to do about this. Lord, I'm scared of this. I'm afraid. And the Lord will answer your prayers. The fires of our prayers make ashes of the issues around us. Let me say that again. The fires of our prayers make ashes of the issues around us. When fear comes, just pray. Ask God to help you. Ask him to intervene. Ask him to give you direction. Ask him for uh, to send some people into your life and finances into your life and influence in your life and solutions. And I'm just telling you, the Holy Spirit knows exactly what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And if you'll call on him, He'll answer you. So one of the ways that we survive the storms is we build a fire in the fireplace through prayer. Another great way to survive the storms, to weather the storms, is to get the forecast. You know, back in 2014 here in Atlanta, a major ice storm hit, and school officials and businesses and 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 agencies and organizations all around the city of Atlanta did not have the proper forecast and they got caught. We all got caught in a major storm. I remember my wife calling me and saying, Tony, you need to go check Anna out of school right now. It's about to go down. I got her out just in time. 
I called up my son. I said, son, jump in your truck, check yourself out of school and get home. They barely made it home in time before the ice hit Atlanta. There were thousands of cars all over the city, bumper to bumper, stranded on interstates and schools had kids in schools. They couldn't even get them home. And and the heat wasn't coming on. It was a disaster because someone didn't get us the right forecast and many weren't even paying attention to it. And our inner Holy Spirit, that inner witness is our weatherman. He's telling us what's brewing. He's giving us a prophetic insight and urgency to things that are coming in front of us. You need to listen to prophetic people and listen to your pastor and listen to your teachers. They're doing their best to hear from the Lord. Get the forecast. You know, you know, people say, well, you know, God, under grace, God will take care of everything. No, no, guys, listen, grace isn't opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. We have to take action and do some things in, in, in light of coming things that are coming. Because if you don't know the forecast, you can't prepare for the storm. And that's what part of this podcast is. It's a forecast telling you how to prepare, how to get ready. There's storms coming. Listen to what's being spoken across our country. And don't let the fear of it paralyze you. But let the urgency of the moment help prepare you. We all need help. We all need insight. We, we need to have the advantage. And through the Holy Spirit and through preachers and teachers and the Word of God going out, we can get the forecast of what's coming and make proper preparations. You know? So listen to the forecast, listen to your spiritual advisors and leaders, listen to your counselors, listen to your teachers, listen to your parents, young, young person, listen to your parents. They've been there. They see the storm patterns. They know how the, how the the elements of the atmosphere work. Heed their warnings. Don't do things and go places and make relationships and soul ties and get involved in activities that will destroy your life. Stay away from it. Stay out of that region because in those regions are dark storms that you're going to run into. And sometimes it may cause irreparable damage in your life. God sends people into your life to be a blessing, to help you, to help steer you and advise you, take their advice and get the forecast so you can weather the storms. Number eight, another great way to weather the storm is to stock emergency supplies. Weather preparedness agencies instruct us, you know, when we're traveling, carry extra blankets and a first aid kit in your car in the event that you're traveling and find yourself trapped in in a blizzard or a storm. You know, I used to live in the Midwest and man, it was kind of common for, for you to get stuck in a blizzard. You couldn't see 10 feet in front of the car. You had to pull over and you didn't know how long you were going to be there. And you better hope you have a blanket because you're going to have to turn the car off to keep enough gas and keep enough heat in the car. And you're going to have to run your air intermittently and you're an electric intermittently. We didn't have cell phones back in those days. So we just had to kind of wait it out. And Our blanket and our first aid in our lives, our blanket is our covering and our first aid is going to God first for aid. Having a strong faith in God is not an option in times of the storm. You know, I want to encourage you, don't look to talk shows and gossip magazines and non-Christian friends and people that are bitter and have been hurt by people and hurt by the church and hurt in marriage. Don't go to them for advice. Psalms 1, 1 and 3 says... 
Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sits in the way of sinner, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on it does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water, who gives forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. God warns us, don't counsel with ungodly people. Don't have a standing relationship with immoral people that will pull you aside. And don't sit down in the seat with scornful, bitter, unforgiving people. Go to God first. He's your first aid kit. And have a covering. Have a church family. Have pastors. Have counselors. Have some accountability in your life. I know people out there that have such great gifts, but they have no accountability. They have nobody to answer to but them and themselves. I don't care how old you are. You need to have somebody to answer to. And being accountable to somebody means having the ability to take account. In other words, if you go off the rails, it's going to hurt and harm important relationships in your life. That's accountability. So have a church family, have a connection, have a covering, extra blankets. Who is your covering? If I say, who is your covering? I didn't say, where is your covering? I said, who is your covering? Do you have a person in your life, not somebody that will tell you what you want to hear, but someone will tell you what you need to hear. Children have a relationship with their blanket, folks. It's my blankie. It's a living, breathing thing. I got to have it. That's how you need to treat your blanket. It's not, I go to church. It's, this is my church. I have a relationship with it. It's important enough for me to stay connected because it's my covering. I seek them from advice, not, I I don't blindly follow everything everybody says, but I, I have a sense of trust and faith in the people that are my covering. And I know that if I have a question or if I have some questionable things in my life, not just questions, but the questionable, I have a covering that can help set me straight, advise me well, love me through it, not control me, not manipulate me and overlord me, but help guide me and give me some honest faith and some honest opinions and some honest counsel Because again, I said it earlier, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. So carry a first aid kit with you. If you're traveling and we're all on a journey together, we're all walking this thing out. We got to have a covering, we got to have blankets, and we have to have first aid. And Jesus is our first aid and our church and our relationships and our leaders are our blanket, our covering. And number nine, One final way that we can weather the storm. Sometimes the only thing we can do after we've done all these other things is just to wait it out. You know, major storms come along with the territory of whatever it is you're in in life. If you've got kids, if you're married, if you have a a busy career, if you work a job, if you've got cars and house payments and everything else, certain storms come along with those territories. You know, certain, certain places in the world have typhoon season because it's just the place where typhoons are. And you gotta, you gotta understand and and just be aware that certain storms come along. You're going to have car problems because you have a car. All right. But just remember when your tire goes flat, it's just a flat tire. It's just a little bit of rain, just a little bit of thunder. You know what I'm saying? Different things come with different storms. When you've got a teenager, you're going to have some storms in your life that are unique to that. You've got to expect it. 
And sometimes you'll go to all the advisors you can and read all the books and go to the conferences and everything else, watch all the television specials. And sometimes none of that's going to help. You're just going to have to wait it out. But God promises us in Psalms 27, 13 through 14. And I like the living Bible's translation. Don't be impatient. Wait for the Lord and he will come and save you. Be brave, stout hearted and courageous. Yes, wait, and he will help you. I like how it tells us to wait. It doesn't tell us to wait afraid. It tells us to wait with brave, stout-hearted courage. That's the way we should wait. God, I don't know what to do, but I'm just going to be bold. I'm going to be brave. I'm going to be stout-hearted. I'm going to be encouraged because you are for me, and you're going to work this out. You're there. Remember, the death storm passed over the Egyptians because the blood of the lamb had the lamb had been applied to the doorpost of their home. And when that death cloud comes and it passes over you, keyword pass, this too shall pass because you've got the Lord on your side. He's with you. His blood has been applied to your life. The enemy cannot touch you. Wait on the Lord. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. You get renewed strength when you wait. Sometimes you feel like you got to do something to get strength. No, you don't. Just stop, rest, wait on the Lord. Rest in his grace. Rest in his ability to get you through. You know what I love about the ark? God, when he gave instructions to build the ark, he told them to put the windows in the top section up there, not in the sides of the boat. So when they were down in the hull of that ship, they couldn't look out the window and see what was going on. They had to look up. They had to look up to see out and all they saw was sky. Okay. You need to look up, lift up your head. Your redemption is drawing nigh. Sometimes all you can do is look up. There's no other solution. Look up, wait on the Lord, trust him, get your eyes, get your focus on him. You can't control the storm, but don't let the storm control you. And that's a quick nine ways to weather the storms in your life. Um, I want to remind you, that above it all, just because you can't see the sun doesn't mean that it's not there. The clouds might be in front of the sun, but those clouds are going to part and you're going to see the sun again. Just trust God and let him help navigate you through the storms of life. Hey, I've really enjoyed this first season. It's kind of a sentimental moment, emotional moment for me right now. 35 podcasts I've been bringing you over the past nine months. And I'm excited for season two. We'll start the first Monday in January. I'm really excited. Be watching for all of our promos on social media. Um, And be sure uh, to tune in again the first week of January. It has been a pleasure bringing you these podcasts. Live 360 is all about helping you discover how to have peace and joy in every area of your life. I'm going to take a break through December. Enjoy my family. Enjoy the season. Enjoy the holidays and regroup and get some new content together. I'm really excited about some of the things I'm already laid out for the new year. Season two with Live 360 with Tony Sutherland. And so I'll be coming back in January. Have a happy Thanksgiving. And have a Merry Christmas. And until next time, we'll see you.